I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Two things before we get into our third gay episode of uh, Pride Month. First, please go to Must Have Seen TV on Instagram, click the link in bio, and make sure you donate to bail funds across the country, maybe specifically Atlanta, considering the very important uh, protests and demonstrations going on there right now. And then the other point is, if you uh, love Drag Race and have not seen RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12 and don't know who the winner is, you can just fast forward to about 19 minutes in when we actually get to talking about Seinfeld and enjoy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. And welcome to Good God, I do not know what episode number this is of the quarantine era. I do know that it is part three of the Pride Month extravaganza kicked off with Frank DeCare and Jim Colucci talking about Golden Girls. Last week, we had Justin Kirkland on to talk about Roseanne, and this week, I am joined by the host extraordinaire of the fantastic Drag Race podcast, Drag Her, Mano Agapian. Hello, Mano. Hi, how are you? <laughs> how's, it, how's it going? How, I've usually, I've been starting off every podcast by asking, how's your quarantine going? And I feel like, right. Jesus, goddamn Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. <it> is. <laughs> God damn it. I hate, you know that saying, like, God only gives as much as you can handle. Yeah, who? Oh, this might be a spoiler for the season finale of We're Here, which will have already aired by the time this comes out. But uh-huh. I think that Shangela or someone says that in that uh-huh. episode. And, uh-huh. you know, when you're white, when Shangela or someone says it, you're like, preach, I understand. But like right now, yes. I'm like, I'm past. I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I... I'm so spent. My 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 gauge. You know the cartoon thing where like the the speedometer <laughs> needle breaks the glass. It's broken off. <laughs> Fucking a. I mean, it is. It's a lot. But um, my earbuds really are plugging in the steam that will be coming out of my ears right now. It's just plugged in. Uh, I'm really glad to be here, and I, I'm glad that I'm connecting with you because I've been a fan of everything <laughs> you are. Everything. And- and we haven't had the chance to like really keep you. So we glad that this quarantine has brought us together in that you way. You know, it's it's the the magic of Pride Month and a quarantine time. We have a lot of uh, mutual friends because you're UCBLA. I was UCB New York. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Nicole Byer used I to be yeah. the um, front desk receptionist at the UCB Training Center here yes. in New York. On I, she tells amazing stories about that. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. So like, just great time. So. 
But since I have you on the podcast, uh, and yes. it's Pride Month, and gays can do whatever we want this month, and also That's any right. month, goddammit, um, I'm going to talk about... Rock out, I'm going to talk about Drag Race, damn it. Yay! Well, let's talk. I mean, <laughs> yeah. please. So you are the host of Drag Her, the only RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I in can't ex- believe... In existence. I can't believe it. I'm like... I, I'm very thankful that we're the only drag podcast. It's but wild. Like, I'm just really shocked. Uh, thankful to the universe, you know, because no one else uh, has a take on this. Certainly no one with more experience. Definitely uh, not. Certainly no one who's <laughs> been on the show. Absolutely. But well, you're, um, you're on Bad Drag Race at the UCB stage in Los okay. Angeles. So, like, I mean, okay. that is, you know, come through. I mean, honestly, that's finishing school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, if you want to win RuPaul's Drag Race, you have to come to Bad Drag Race at UCB so you can learn how to not shave your face. <laughs> uh, and I am the only person on the internet that writes critically about Drag Race. I don't know how this has happened, but that's the niche I've carved out for myself. How'd you I will, do that? I will say, I am Wowie nominated, so... You are! Come that's through. fucking cool. <laughs> uh, come through. Yeah. Did not win. We lost to a book club. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. I really know and what's you, going on over you there. You know what losing to a book club is? Drag. Oh, I, like, drag. It, it, I got red. Drag. The book. <laughs> I got red. Um, <laughs> but I thought so after the season twelve finale, which I will, uh-huh. we, you know, we don't get into spoilers because whatever. But it was a great finale. Um, it really was. Literally, I could I can say the winner was deserving, and if you don't know who won, but you know who the three finalists are, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense because all three of them would have been deserving. That's um, true. But after, I said that the best top three since season six. Controversial, but that's how I feel. See, I, uh, season nine for me, which we'll get to. Um, yes. Because I, the crazy thing I did, I love me a spreadsheet. I went through and I was like, Crystal Method is one of my top 10 queens of all time. And then I was like, wait, is she actually? So then it being quarantine time and me being at home on a Friday night, like I always am mm-hmm. anyway, I was like, well, let me make a spreadsheet and actually rank all the drag queens <laughs> in drag race history. <laughs> so Interesting. Okay, what oh were your God. findings? Yeah, I was, so I was going to read my top 10 because this was content I was going to put on Twitter. But then I was like, this is not the time. <laughs> it's it literally not the time it's, for anything it's, it's fun. It's really not the time. It's really not the time, unfortunately. But, you know, all we can do is support, 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 support. scream from the rooftops. Yes. Support uh, Black Lives. Uh, yes. You'll uh, until, uh, go to both of our Instagrams. There will be plenty of links <laughs> and ads. There's some of the must have seen TV Instagram because you have to be responsible with a platform. Um, yeah. but I was going to read my top 10 and then maybe get your take okay. on these queens. So my wow. number 10. Okay. And again, this is like kind of see in my pants. Maybe there could be some nudging up and down, but who knows? My number 10 was Trinity Taylor. Trinity the Tuck. Wow. Of all time. Of all time. Where are okay. we? Where are we coming? <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that could make sense. I just need to hear kind of, I need to see the rest of the cards in your deck. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I love her because she's one of those ones who you didn't love and then you really love. Um, yeah, I, I really have come to love her, and I certainly love how proactively supportive she is right. of queens of color. And that's, right. That's she's yeah. great. Um and she was unbelievable on All Stars 4. Yes. Th- so this is the, the, the T is I tried to think about their trajectory, like what they did in the canon of the show. And then if queens were tied, I then tried to take into account what they've done outside of the show. Mm-hmm. So my number nine is Kimchi. Love it. Okay. Love it. Uh, we're, we're big Kimchi fans. Love. I'm a big Kimchi fan. 
I really like her. Yes, interesting. This is it's so hard. I think what's so great about the queens is like, how do you, how do you uh, compare? You know, apples to potatoes. Both delicious. Oh, yeah. Both fruits. Um, no, I mean they're just fruit. it's my favorite fruit. It's potatoes. They're both amazing. It's almost like it's almost like if you were hired to put the queens in a list uh, from one hundred. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you have experience. It would be. It would be a terrible job that <laughs> would haunt you for years to come. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, my number eight is Bob uh-huh. the Drag Queen. Oh, God. See, for me, okay, we can keep going, but Bob, for me, is just the one. Mm-hmm. She is she is that that one queen, and she I think she is my number one. I yeah. just love her. I think she can do almost everything, if not everything, very well. All right, now here's where things are going to start getting controversial, okay. maybe. I don't know. Okay, here uh, my we go. Number, my number seven, and this might be recency bias, Crystal Method, coming in at number seven of all time. I like her, you know. That's a hot take. Hot take. But, but I, I think I'm here for it. I, um, I, uh, I love her. I Because giving me the story of season 12, the kind of story we haven't seen on Drag Race in a long time, of Queen Tur- totally coming from nowhere, I think also throwing a big monkey wrench in the producer's plans, to be honest. Yeah. They were like, I agree. Janner Britta is going to go all the way. No question is what they assumed. Crystal Method yeah. is easily a third, fourth home filler queen. But then to yeah. like play the game better than like literally like playing the game, being like RuPaul yeah. likes my mullet. The one week I do not take her advice, I get in trouble uh-huh. on Snatch Game. Going to stick to that uh-huh. advice every week. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love her. Love she her. She is the alt queen we've deserved for so long. Isn't and, it? Uh, is it shady like, to say that it sucks that Evie oddly won her season when Crystal didn't win her? Oh, geez. Is that? Oops, that's a spoiler. Sorry. I love Evie. Though. <laughs> I do love Evie. I do love Evie. I love Evie, but I do agree that when you go back and look at the, you look at the lineup, she won a season that was basically, it was basically, a. I always say it's like a weirdly concocted soup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like all the ingredients were good. But it, they should not have been in the same soup, which is why. <laughs> it's which like is a why, potato uh, watermelon soup. <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, this watermelon is the best ingredient. And you're like, yeah, but it's a why, why is it in the potato soup? It's, <laughs> so I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, so she's my seventh. My number six, Binda La Creme. Wow. Love her. She's amazing. She, man, what a. Sh- I love Binda La Creme. And I, 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 I wanted more for her in All-Stars 3. Like, obviously, she gave us the, the one of the biggest goops in, oh, in, in Drag Race history. Oh. But it, it didn't... It's not her fault, because I think she's kind of a badass for doing it how she did. It just made the rest of the season less good. Well, because like, she was... It was that Manila thing of, like, she was clearly going to be the front runner to win the season. She was winning mm-hmm. literally every single challenge. And then she steps down, and it's like, oh, well, it's Shangela, obviously. <laughs> It's obviously right. gonna be Shangela, um, right. and then that doesn't happen either, and <laughs> and that like, doesn't happen, and uh, you know, uh, and then another, and it just yeah, it gets it, it got fuzzy. So speaking of All Stars three, my number five favorite queen of all time, Shangela. Oh, no complaints there. I think Shangela is the original phoenix of the Drag Race universe. Yeah. I mean, no one had a better 
like rise from the ashes, which is why it was so heartbreaking. And I'm still heartbroken. She didn't win all stars three. I know it's crazy. (laughs) I know it's ill and sick and my brain is a sad little place. It still hurts me that she didn't win that season. She, we just rewatched. So after 12 is done, we rewatched uh, season three because like I'm shaky on the first three seasons. uh, So we haven't watched them as as much. And I was like, well, Mm. you know, India's coming back. Mariah's coming back. Uh, wait, yes. Alexis is coming back. So I was like, I need to get familiar with the three of them more. And we watched it. And she's like, Shangela on season three. So like, come a long way. But it's already like, so there just needed that. Yeah. Makeup glow up, fashion glow up. And then her All-Stars 3 run is right. just. Uh, and then watching her on We're Here, which is where like, oh this number God. five, like, Jesus Christ. That show is so great. That show is so, so fantastic. <laughs> I love that show. And uh, it's just Excellent. It's just an excellent queer show. And I, and then it's, you want to talk TVT, I think it could, depending on how the Emmys work out, oh, I think yeah. it might, it could give Drag Race oh, a run for its money would for they best be reality TV show. In the would they same, be in the same No, category? they would be indifferent. It would, it would, because there's um, both reality competition and then reality unstructured. And so it might give Queer Eye a run for its money. And because Queer Eye, I think, has won the last two years. And I think We're uh-huh. Here could easily beat it i enjoyed we're here more i love queer eye but i, I enjoyed love, it more i love queer eye but we're here i mean it's hbo mama like it's you know it's mama, not tv it is hbo like, it is when they're just ooh, when you just put you feel them rubbing the the money on bread <laughs> like it's butter yeah. i love hbo <laughs> All right, so here's controversial and this is maybe a goop i don't but i don't know okay. i'm also i'm also a basic white gay so my okay. number four is trixie mattel i can't help okay I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a gay from Tennessee. <laughs> like yeah. I love Dolly Parton. I love Trixie Mattel. Um, yeah, it's, I it's, really like. It's one her. of those things where it is the queer outside of Drag Race gets her this high because like yeah. season seven. Uh, uh, I love her on All Stars three. It took me a long time to fall in love with her, and mm-hmm. that's that's not a judgment on her. It just says like you know I think we have we probably have different perspectives and. <laughs> For me, I I liked her, and then I really liked her, and then literally after All Stars three, I was like, okay, she's actually fucking hilarious. Yeah, but, it was. Yeah, it was watching Moving Parts, which is on Netflix. Everyone should watch it. Like watching Moving Parts was like this weird therapeutic thing for All Stars three, where even though I do like Trixie more than Shangela, I was like, Shangela should have won. But watching sure. Moving Parts and seeing all of the work that Trixie puts into literally all the spinning plates she has going, I, it made yeah. me realize, you know what? Yeah. You know what? She does win to end, win all stars. Like she did deserve that. Just seeing how hard that she works and like how much she actually did care. Like that moment where she's like packing up while it's like while all stars is airing and she's talking about all the hate she's getting online. She's like, these bitches mm-hmm. do not understand like how yeah. much of a mind fuck it is to go on these shows. And I'm like, oh, that's a level of vulnerability I like seeing from you. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I stand. Uh, it, I, 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 it, she, she did not click with me immediately. That's not a judgment on her. That's just like, you know, we're all, we're, we all come from different queer tribes yeah. and like, and, and for, <laughs> it was a little, it took a little more to be like, okay, now I see why you're sickening. Yeah. And this is, I do think that talking about drag race kings really does clue you in into what queer tribe you're a part of. And I think that is very yeah. evident by my top three. My number three of all uh-huh. time is Katja Zamalajakova. Love. I love. See, because... Trixie outside of Drag Race, I like more than Katja, but if you're talking about what they did on Drag Race, Katja on All-Stars right. 2, oh my god. Right. Oh my god. Love her. Oh yeah, my god. she's 
She is, I, I really love Katya. She's a fucking freak, and, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's so sincere and like the way her brain is, 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 um, oh God, what is it? What is it like? It's like a broken cuckoo clock <laughs> that's also perfectly oiled. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like, and it's on her head. <laughs> I, I, she's it's wearing like, it. um, Oh my God. It's like a fucking, she's like a part human, part machine beast thing. That's perfectly hilarious without ever trying. It's she's amazing. Yeah. She's uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I adore her. Uh, My number two, and this is where my, my roots of drag race being a season nine convert (laughs) come into play because my number two is Shea Coulee. Number two of all time. Love, uh, love, love, love. The more I watch season nine, and me and my husband host season nine parties specifically, where all of our friends who never watched Drag Race come over and we just watch season nine from beginning to end. Really? It's, and, it's a great season. And I, it's great because, for one thing, it is only 45-minute episodes. Oh, <laughs> so, right. like, you can really power through that season in a sitting. And it has the best finale of all time, maybe up until this most recent one. Where I, I agree. It, it culminates, like, when I always make sure I have my phone out to get to capture the straights watching Sasha Velour do the rose petals <laughs> because the jaws yeah. drop. Like it's like, they've never seen anything like this before. And it's just magic all over again. I think, I think no one would disagree with you that it's the best finale in drag race her- mm-hmm. history. It's the best finale. And it, it, no one will touch that. I can't wait till we get disproven, but I, no one <laughs> yeah. will touch it. That finale was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Shea's run in season nine is just unimpeachable. And I love her so much. And I cannot wait to see her in All Stars 5. Me uh, too. Just Me one too. more. It, I just want more. It's going to be excited. It's going to be exciting to see her because I know that's already something they've already from the jump. They're already including that as part of her narrative of like, I was gutted yeah. when I realized that even though I you know, blew up the season, much like Gigi. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Um, no matter. <laughs> Narrowing it down. <laughs> you, can this, you can cut this. Whatever. Uh, no, track record aside, I was surprised by how things turned out. Yeah. And then my number one of all time, I'm wearing the shirt, Sasha Valore. Wow. Yeah. I love her. I, okay, I'm gagged. I love Sasha Valore, and actually, her Smoke and Mirrors was the best drag show I've ever seen see, in my I life. I want to see it. I never saw it, it was, I don't leave my apartment. It was the best. It's the best drag show in the world. But um, I can't believe Alyssa's not on your list, honey. Alyssa is number 20. She, number 20? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, where? I, honestly, to quote my true, my true number one or number two queen, I smell a stunt. I smell a stunt. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. See, the th- but like the thing, I see. Me and my husband struggle with this because we both don't. Uh, we have a bit of like a little Sebastian moment with pageant queens. It's a lot of like her, like and her, like uh-huh. I. It takes me a while to warm up to pageant queens like Alyssa and Trinity and like a Jada. Like they have to also prove to be fucking freaks, and okay. it takes a while. Like. Jada did during the political debate. I was like, okay, cool. I like, I can, you know, I can get with you. Uh, Trinity f- discovered her inner freak. <laughs> I mean, her the growth on the show is crazy. Yeah. When you so, see like, her, yeah. When it comes to, like, Asasha v. Alyssa, it's kind of like what, um, you know, your, your different drag race choose your own journey. Because, like, uh, there's just something about, like, I don't know. I find Sasha's reverence for queer history so uh, endearing. <laughs> It's, it's, it's amazing, but I will say, Brett, 
Brett, you are you are canceled. Uh, you are. On, we are friends, but the fact that Alyssa is not in your top ten. I'm I'm shook. I, I'm really see, shook. I love everyone in my like top twenty five. Like yeah. they're all, you know. Well, yeah. Alyssa's a four out of five. But who's your number ten and nine again? Uh, oh, Trinity Taylor Kim and Kim Chi. I it, the fact that Alyssa isn't higher than Trinity is a little is a little shaking. <laughs> it's, it's it's shaking me. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, hey, I watched all of Dancing Queen. I interviewed Alyssa. In, like I love Alyssa. Alyssa is one of the most perfect creatures to ever love walk her. through those doors, as Katya said. But um. I don't know. Uh. Yeah. No, no, yeah. She is just fine. But, but to quote my queen, I'm going to say also, why are you over here trying to act cute? Uh, <laughs> See, this is my hot drag race takes. This is why I need a platform. I like it. I love, I love debating it. I think it's safe to say we're both fucking gay nerds. Um, and uh, it's, Not it's that there's anything fight. wrong with that. Boom. No, woo. No, we're gay loser nerds and i'm very proud (laughs) (laughs) but now that i have uh, forced sitcom fans to either fast forward or listen to i don't know 15 minutes of drag race talk we can travel to february 11th 1993 when national lampoon's loaded weapon number one rolled the box office i will always love you by whitney houston top the charts nbc aired the seinfeld episode the outing mono you must have seen the outing before today I did, but I forgot a lot of it. Um, I, I did, but then I rewatched it today because we were going to chat about it, and I <laughs> love the idea. Yeah, I mean, what do you? What, what do I say first? What, like, do we what say is first? your history with Seinfeld? Because I gave you like a, I like you know giving a list of like shows to be like you know what's mm-hmm. your what what are you more mm-hmm. knowledgeable about? What are you comfortable with? And you were like Seinfeld was one of them, so I was like let's go with Seinfeld because I haven't talked about Seinfeld since like episode two or three of the podcast. Really? And this is yeah. ninety two or so. So. Whoa. It's been overdue. Um, what is your history with Seinfeld? I watched it in the 90s. My family watched it in the 90s. My family, my, I think it's important to know that my family is like Greek village people. And so like when something from American pop culture gets them, it's it's usually excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I love Lucy, Caramel Popcorn, and uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Alyssa Edwards, it, the top of the top. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like Jurassic Park. It's like things that are just moments. So yeah. my, my family did watch Seinfeld because they're like, this is good. This is fantastic. These are like amazing plays that have been captured in three <laughs> tiny acts. So my family did watch the show and we thought it was amazing. So I watched it when I was young and, and you know, tee-hee-heed all the live long oh, day. Yeah, I was obsessed with Seinfeld, watched it. I don't think I, I didn't watch this episode live because I was uh, too young for NBC adult sitcoms. This is fully TGIF time for me, 1993. Yeah, um, me too. So I had a Kramer t-shirt in middle school. Love me some Kramer. Cute, <laughs> you know? cute. Um, I think I had the Art Vandalay poster oh yeah that see? everyone had see just like oh. Seinfeld's I'm all over the funny. place oh it's proof that i'm funny yeah it's like this this kramer <laughs> shirt is my personality <laughs> i bought a print that truly must be more like must outnumber uh the et cartridges that are buried oh, in the God. desert Uh, so Uh, this week on must have seen tv we'll be talking about the seinfeld episode the outing it is the 17th episode of season four and was written by larry charles and directed by tom sharones who i learned is greek 
or park oh, creek oh my people yeah here's how amazon or here's how hulu describes the episode when an eavesdropping college reporter mistakenly prints that jerry and his pal george are intimate longtime companions jerry vainly works overtime to prove his straightness mono how accurate is that description Pretty accurate, I would say. That's a pretty accurate description. Yeah, 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 yeah. He works overtime to prove his straightness. And, uh, you know, this is when gay panic was um, celebrated. Uh And and I will say this is one of the better pieces of gay panic pop culture I've seen. Yeah. It's not the best. And, yeah, and we'll get to, like, the reason why, because I think it's a very... I mean, over the overnote, the overnote, the overarching note overnote. is like, so like uh, Larry Charles wrote the episode and they mm-hmm. were legit worried, like, this is gay panic. Like, this is going to seem like we're making fun of gays. And he wrote a mm-hmm. note on the script that he submitted. He, like, I think he hand wrote, like, not that there's anything wrong with that. And then either Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld was like, no, just put that line literally in the script, literally yeah. every single time. Kind of like control search, like just add yeah. this block of text. And it is yeah. true, like that one line saying it, I think like 12 times in one episode in 1993, it does undercut the gay panic a little bit. A little bit. You know, it's interesting though, because it's kind of like a get out of jail free card. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. we're going to say the worst thing, or we're going to say just truly a, a sharp, biting thing but we're going to say this and you're going to laugh at it because but now what we have to decide is are we laughing at the homophobia behind it or are we laughing at people's willingness to make fun of their own homophobia yeah do you know what i mean there's also they're also uh, eventually there becomes the meta joke of it's the most fourth wall breaking I think Seinfeld might ever do in terms of like, they're uh-huh. literally saying like, this is a screenwriter's note. Like at the end, it's like, these are not, this is not how people talk. Seinfeld is known for natural dialogue. And this is so clunky and unnatural that it becomes a joke how unnatural it is. And so therefore there, right. there's this meta joke. If you're also laughing at the fact that like, clearly the screenwriters put this in. <laughs> but I mean, as a queer person, I remember caught real conversations that sounded like this in uh-huh. my house. Yes. Oh, I remember God. people saying like, well, you know, he's friendly. But well, you know, yeah, the blood, God bless him. Yeah, God no good. Him. It's fine. <laughs> so like any like any old Seinfeld episode, the episode starts with a stand up bit that is Jerry talking about birthdays. Now he's tired of celebrating birthdays. And it's just like the most Jerry Seinfeld observational humor. I can't yeah. remember a joke from it. Like, it's so just... Inoffensive yeah. milk toast. Um, and it's part I of the... I remember this bit. The way, Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he does it in a, like a later stand-up special. That's, and actually, I actually think it's very fucking funny where he's like... I think he like outlines what the four major birthdays are. He's like, <laughs> you, like you get like... Oh, no. You, he, I think he's like, you get all the birthdays up until 12 or 10. Then you get like three more. And I think it's like 18, 30... Uh, yeah, like <laughs> 60. It's like, and then that's it. It's like something funny like that. Then the rest is, is like downhill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that so then the episode opens proper, and it opens immediately with George dumping a random girlfriend of the week, and she's uh-huh. just flipping out. And I am kind of obsessed with this woman. 
Yes, she's hilarious. She is is like fully like, I don't want to live because George Costanza is dumping her. Right. Um, She's like, you're good. But what I love about her saying you're good. She's not saying you're the best. No, she's just like, you're you're not a murderer. Like you're. You're not gonna rob me and in to in in this phase of my life that's enough <laughs> <laughs> where is her show uh megan malali auditioned for that part did not get it really yeah wow. uh, but like she really does kill it and i do love that there's like this smash cut of like george being like she wanted to kill her so smash cut and elaine's response is just like over you and she like kind of <sighs> laughs under her isn't and he also like i know <laughs> like, i know who is this i overall i love uh, julia louis dreyfus as an adult gay julia louis dreyfus is the reason to watch the show she is yeah amazing especially it's this, a shame there isn't more of her in this app but I, I get it what she gets is this like weird character game where she doesn't want to take off her coat uh-huh. and she's so <laughs> aggressively ugly about it and i really love uh-huh. that i really and it kind of starts here like elaine's kind of like ribbing jerry and george real hard and jerry points out like you've had kind of an acid tongue lately and she gets mm-hmm. this look at like the smile on her face like yeah you fucking bet i do it's great <laughs> yeah she's a real fucking treat and i like that she incites this game of uh gay, gay baiting if yeah. you will so jerry is uh waiting for an nyu school of journalist like a j- journalism school student to show up to interview him for like a college paper and this is also <laughs> just like taking us back to 93 when meeting people meeting a stranger in public is impossible because neither uh-huh. of them know what each other's look like they don't have cell phones they keep going to the payphone right? to call each other and it's also and he i do like that jerry points out she doesn't know who i am she doesn't know anything about comedy i don't know why she wants to talk to me <laughs> I mean, also one of the biggest leaps, uh, really, well, one of the most, the hardest to believe things in this episode is that everyone reads the article oh, from yeah. this, like, college outlet. NYU, and, like, the AP picks it up, and it goes, I mean, well, we'll get to what the article is, which I have some issues with what the article, but, um, uh-uh. so, <laughs> it's Jerry's birthday coming up, George got him tickets to Guys and Dolls, like, he tells Elaine mm-hmm. this, um, Elaine got him a two-way phone, both of these are gonna come into play in true Seinfeld interconnected fashion. Mm-hmm live that a two-way that that, that a, <laughs> a phone with call waiting is, is a treasure is a treasure that like a whole episode is built around key moments um it's fucking amazing they start having their like seinfeld banter back and forth about who the ugliest world leader is and elaine clocks with the the girls in the booth next to them are eavesdropping so she, then she just blurts out so you two uh you need to come out already <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then there's the whole thing because they're eavesdropping, which is so, which that's funny too, because that's never really dealt with. Like, why was that lady an eavesdropper? Is that just part of her journalism? She's a journalist. She's like, you know what? I have to keep my ear open, ear to the ground for hot scoops. Hot scoops. <laughs> if you've had a penis in your mouth, that's a hot, that's a hot scoop. Ooh, hot scoop telling everyone. Um, what is uh, funny is that Jerry says this line that has stuck with me. Ever since I first watched this episode in middle school of like, yeah, everyone thinks I'm gay. I'm single, thin, and neat. And like... (laughs) Oh, yes. That has stuck... I think about that line at least once a week, probably, for just Uh who knows. Like, it's just one of those things. Mm -hmm. Single in my 30s. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because you could tell that the writers were like, look, 
we want to make sure that the stereotype we're making is as positive as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't want to be thought of as thin? Thin. Um, I mean, there is like, I'll, we'll get to it, but like Jerry's, um, his stand-up routine at the end of the episode is like actually kind of good gay stand-up in a weird way. Because it's like, right. there, there are definitely gay people that are the opposite of thin, uh, neat and whatever. And it's like, yeah. thin, clean and neat. Are they, are they persecuting the gay community? And it's like, yes, Jerry. Right. Yes. <laughs> they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are. Unless you have a very specific slop daddy fetish, which is not <laughs> common enough for my liking. <laughs> I want to become a slop daddy. Slop daddy? Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe a New York, an NYU reporter will blow up your spot. You really get the you word out. You know what out. it reminds me of? Do you ever, Patton Oswalt had an old stand-up bit where he was basically like, and I, you know, it's triggering, so I won't say what he says, but he basically says, there have to be gay people with special needs right <laughs> you know but he he uses a more triggering word okay. and he just then does an impersonation of like there have to be people uh with different mental capabilities who are also gay this is right? old this is an old bit oh yeah okay. it's like i guess it's 98 99 well but i mean twitter will discover it and then resurface it as if it is a new thing that's true. Like everyone That's getting true. mad about Tropic Thunder all over again. And it's just like, I feel old because I remember when we did this the first and also second times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're doing it yeah. again. Anyway. Uh, so then the next scene is we're at Jerry's uh, apartment and George comes in and he like says, I got a great porn name actor. And Jerry's like, yeah, Buck Naked, you told me already. <laughs> <laughs> and this Buck Naked thing keeps coming back. Is it come back in other episodes? No, no. Just in this one episode, just they mentioned it so many times. Yes, it becomes an incredibly important story point. <laughs> yeah, which I guess is a really this is a really good example of tight Seinfeld scripting because all of these things are like setting up dominoes that then get knocked over later. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Then the uh, J George asks Jerry if, if he likes uh, the shirt that his girlfriend Allison got him, and I don't know. Right. I thought George's shirt was fine. I mean, I, I guess I think it's hideous, but like, uh... <laughs> it's kind of it's but very like... normcore. I mean, compared to what George normally wears, I mean, I don't really know how it stands out. It's got like a busy yeah. print kind of. It, the print is shocking to me. Like <laughs> I, I guess I guess you're right. Like from a it's it's a it's a what's it? A Monet as clueless yeah. termed it, you yes, know. Yeah. It's, uh it's, far fr from afar good but far from good. Uh yeah. you know, when it's close up it's just a mess, that whole thing. I could see that uh, being sold at Uniqlo now is kind of the you're the right. No, you're it, right. In a way. Because I dress like a adult <laughs> toddler. So like <laughs> I wear like tiny pink shorts and white tank tops. So I don't I don't know what good clothes are, but to me I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I want to see George Costanza in that outfit though. Yeah. And tiny oh, pink shorts yeah. and God please. Uh, yes. So then the reporter shows up because she was meeting they're like, you know, let's just meet in person at my apartment. That way you'll know that I'm here. Also, I want to like get on to that reporter for not doing because as as a journalist it's like find out what the person looks like jesus yeah. christ if you're doing like oh that was that whole meeting at the diner thing was stupid but she had to overhear the gay thing so she says uh, that's just a little lovely hole so as plot. soon as she sees jerry let's get into the journalist and her reaction to jerry and george and the out like it's she sees Jerry. She immediately is, is kind of like surprised and a little bit like, oh, like basically in her mind, like he's the gay from the diner in this weird. Uh -huh. And then she's like, oh, no, he can stay. I want to talk to George, too. Uh huh. It's this weird. A lot of assuming. 
right. never point blank asking, also taking but their business into her oh, own no. hands. What's what's the scoop? I mean, Spartans did it thousands of years ago. What's the fucking scoop? They, yeah. you've, you've touched a penis. Uh, <laughs> get over it. Get over yourself. Well, I it's can't. Like, what was this paper? Because this paper was definitely like what a class assignment. What is the... They definitely touch on a lot of stuff, though, because later she, Jerry's like, yeah, she said she's not going to yeah, use wait. the angle. I just thought of that. What, what the, the students of NYU are not privy <laughs> to gay lifestyles? It's shocking. <laughs> what are they? What are we talking about? Like, and, I, I like the students there would be fucking uh, show whamming on the floor all the time. <laughs> Manhattan's dance halls while also like, uh, uh, you know, like following fucking following fucking lee bowery around they're not they're yeah, not this like 93 wow. yeah these are yeah, club kids at nyu damn it uh oh. i do like that as soon as she comes in george immediately gets a little bit more of like affectations his voice gets like oh i don't like my voice on tape recording gets so high and whiny and he does like a hand wave uh-huh, he then, like, uh-huh. gets on to jerry like did you watch this pair and it is the kind of talk they have normally but through the lens of this like are they gay filter that the episode has is really right i found it I found it funny, but then I did question why I found it funny. I don't know. Like, I, overall, I, I left this, I left watching this and I was like, you know what? They did a pretty damn good job if I can yeah. watch it all these years later. But I mean, it it is unfortunate that like, you know, we're, we're so used to stories about, you know, four white people, four straight white people. <laughs> And we are ultimately the butt of the joke, and the only presence of of a gay person is very late in the episode, where a man <laughs> truly peacocks his head in, yeah, and, and almost squawks a, a gay <laughs> line of dialogue. It's like, oh, that's that's the presence we get. Yes, that is the representation we get because we don't actually yes. get Jerry and George. I do like that they when she's like, "How did you two meet?" and Jerry's like, "Oh, it's a gym locker room," and then George is like, "No, he oh was climbing God. the rope and I was." Spur- I was spotting him and I started slipping and I burned my thighs. <laughs> I did laugh out loud at the burning my thighs. Yeah, joke. I think I laughed. I have to admit I laughed when uh, when he was asking about his sweater because I was like, yeah, that, that made me laugh. Yeah, it's a little basic, but it made. Well, what do you think of this shirt? It made me laugh. Yeah. Now, this is where I got angry because so. As a as a journalist, ugh, air quote, I did not go to school for journalism, but I try. Um, when I am writing articles about old TV shows, I do a thing called that gay that gay episode where I go through and watch episodes like this from before 1997, right. and I always try to do my research to find out one was the show creator gay, two was the actor playing the gay character gay, and three was the episode writer gay. And in mm-hmm. doing that research. And this is, again, the I'm answer talk- was no, <laughs> no not, not in this episode. No, but in general, like <laughs> I am, I always try to err on the side of caution. Like, right. basically, like, I don't like the idea of asserting this person was totally gay unless there is like a lot of evidence. Like if they're dead, it gets hard just because it, it feels complicated. like it's complicated in this like, like John Mahoney from Frasier. Uh, mm-hmm. who Fraser's dad is most yes. likely a homosexual. Um, it's yes. one of those like open secret things, but he himself uh-huh. never talked about it literally ever. None of his co-stars have ever talked about it. It's uh-huh. just one of those open secret things. And so when it comes time to me doing like pride roundups, right. I want to include John Mahoney because I adore him, but I will not because it's like, 
he didn't claim it and we don't know for certain like it's and right they, and that's like just for me posting on twitter i do that much fact checking for that bullshit <laughs> yeah well i mean this is why this is what's so sad is like i i, I don't want to be dramatic but like truly like part of that list that his history is is now a little lost yep. like yeah. like i mean that, that is queer history lost and yep. without this is why we talk about being loud obviously uh no matter what marginalized group you come from, you need to be loud. Obviously, an incredibly important theme right now. Mm-hmm. But this is this is why silence is death. Yeah. Uh, now he's now he's not a part of the pantheon of queerness, which is excellence, and we deserve to have him in it. But yeah. now, now it's, we can't do anything about it's, it. It's so uh, frustrating, and so that is why, like, I put all this effort into like writing pithy little articles on the internet, and she is writing for the NYU. <laughs> I know. and she can't just like directly ask, "Are you guys gay? Are you okay with coming out?" Because also, it's not her job to like take that story in her hands and run with it. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's I mean, stupid. in some in some cases. If Jer- oh my god! If Jerry was a comedian who made his bank do making homophobic jokes, then yes, I do think it would be her job to out him as a hypocrite, a dangerous hypocrite. But he isn't. He's very innocuous. He's a seemingly a delightful character. I'm getting See, off. I'm getting off my I track. I know, but I, that's why I do wish the episode ha- ended a little bit more heavily on it doesn't matter. Like yes. it doesn't matter what people think about us. Um, you know what I mean? It, it it does still hinge on my sexuality. Is is integral to my identity and you knowing i'm not gay is integral to my sense of uh, self and yes. honestly my self-respect yes you must know otherwise what freak am i like that's the <laughs> so like they immediately start having gay panic when they like they clue into like oh my god you're from the diner oh no 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 this is not they say not that there's anything wrong with that the first time and then as soon as they might be suading her kramer busts in and is like hey guys i thought we were gonna go take a steam ah uh. Hilarious. Yes. Hilarious. Uh, and there was more to that scene. I couldn't help but notice that there's sort of like a there's sort of like a, a, a swipe edit where you can I think the scene kept going. Oh maybe. I bet there was one or two little extra jokes where Kramer there there was definitely an extra joke <laughs> yeah, where Kramer like, did something weird in the steam room. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Definitely. Uh, and he was like, What? He needed a hand. <laughs> I mean that's essentially what we get at the end. Um yeah. the next scene we get is Elaine. We're cutting to a little bit later in Jerry's apartment. Elaine's wearing her huge parka. Um they're talking about like, you know, Jerry's blaming her for this whole thing. Uh, when Kramer comes in the apartment during this scene, he nearly just completely knocks Elaine over. Like, he enters so forcefully <laughs> carrying Jerry's present, and he just, like, almost obliterates her. And I found that yes. really yeah, funny. Yeah, it is madness. Madness. Uh, but delightful. Uh, Kramer got Jerry that two-way phone. And, uh-oh. That's a uh-oh. problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's a problem. I already got him that amazing gift. Uh, Elaine has and, to and peace out work. and go find something else. Um... The reporter calls on the two-way phone, <laughs> and then, I love this, like, she calls, and then George calls, he puts her on hold, and then he tells George, he's like, yeah, yeah, she's not going to play up that angle, you know, we fooled her, he says it sarcastically, then he goes back to her line, she's not there, and George is like, wait, I heard you, and there's this panic of like, no, the two-way phones, you can hear both lines, uh, and I was like, this is the panic we are all feeling right now when we forget to mute our mics on Zoom. <laughs> Right. No. Oh my God. Or you, or you forget. You forget that turning off the video is not turning off the audio. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, yeah. it, it is very like oh that that panic and i lo- i really do i think maybe the funniest moment of this episode is that the slow realization of jerry and george on the phone realizing that she heard that uh-huh. Because they like call Kramer to test, and they're like, "This phone's a piece of junk. Goodbye. This phone's a piece of junk. Goodbye." I really like that's, that. that. I mean, that that gave me I love Lucy vibes yes. in the best way, and mm-hmm. and that's when Jerry is truly not. You know, he's doing a, a lovely. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a trademark of the series, but when he's just doesn't talk like a human anymore. Yeah, people's he's personal like, sexual oh, preferences are nobody's yeah. business but their own. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's just like. A, oh, oh, yeah, it's like a he, call. I love it. He gets it to the bird territory. Uh, and then the next scene is j- the Elaine is going over the journals to try and tell them like, no, 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 it was a joke. I was, you know, doing blah, blah, blah. But then she won't take off her coat for the journalist and she freaks out. Right. <laughs> like, and I like when when Jerry is chastising her over this at the diner and they try to get her to take off her coat. The vitriol anger on Julia Louis-Dreyfus's face. And she's like, leave my coat alone is great. <laughs> And honestly, I mean, there's kind of a, you know, parallel to be made of like, everyone's trying to control Elaine's body. <laughs> is that too much? That's interesting. Is that too much? But I mean, like, she no, is like, I, I'm, I am a woman wearing a big coat. All of society keeps telling me to take off my coat. And yeah. I'm like, I fucking want my coat on. Leave me alone. I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that is diving too deep, but I love <laughs> But I love diving too deep. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because this is this isn't when she was pregnant. Which it, if it was when she was pregnant, it would be genius. Oh wow! You know yeah, I mean? if she was wearing the coat to hide up her pregnancy, that was like, oh man, the layers that we could get into. Oh jeez. Right. So then they they're giving Jerry his birthday gifts, and he gets. So this is where. So he gets a Broadway musical tickets from George, and then Elaine gives him a Bette Midler CD that's in one of those huge old cardboard CD yes. cases that you would only get like a Sam Goody or like a mall, like at the mall was where you would get those. Yes. Like, God, what was up with those huge cardboard cases for those tiny like, CDs? Like reminds me of a Sega CD, like mm-hmm. what you would get like a Sega CD game in, uh, and you'd be like, whoa! Like I almost loved getting a big box because it made me think. I mean, that's what it is. You when you when it looks better on a shelf. Oh yeah, and it's that's also it. like this is a substantial gift. <laughs> it's a bigger right. box. <laughs> but, exactly. But then there's this gay worry that Jerry has about getting a Bette Midler CD and a ticket to Guys and Dolls that he's worried that getting gay things makes him gay, which is a very real thing with gay people that are coming out. Like, yeah, there's the knee jerk reaction of like, hey, I didn't watch Drag Race for a very long time because I was like. That's too gay. I'm not one of really? those gays. Internalized homophobia, like, et cetera, Internalized et cetera. homophobia. Yeah. And it's that worry of, like, well, I can't like things that are coded as gay because then people will know that I'm gay, even mm-hmm. though I am gay and it shouldn't matter. It's it's a lot of uh, stuff. Jerry doesn't have to deal with that because he is straight. <laughs> well, that's and that's where the episode, I just, tiny tweaks could have made it less problematic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, 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 it wins the day, surely, but, mm-hmm. like, just like if he, in fact, I, you could almost argue it would have been funnier if he was like, I'm going to the play. I'm going to the play. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to like prove that he doesn't care about who he is. And then he sees the journalist there oh, yeah. at the play. That the could mo- have been an opportunity to have both. The modern update of this is when they find is not not is not just not that there's anything wrong with that. It's also performative allyship. It's like not that right. there's anything wrong with that. And I'm also going to go to the play and listen to my Midler City because homosexual and straight people like you know what you like does not determine your sexuality like he could have oh, really funny 
like really high light. I'm going to buy more Barbara CDs. Yes. You know what I mean? That would have been funny. I'm donating uh, to gay men's health crisis. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they would have actually. Uh, so, so, I mean, it would have loved, it would have been awesome to see him at a pleasure chest or something. Yeah. Like, I'm going to perform at a gay bar. <laughs> He's going to get in I'm drag. Gonna, I'm going to get this man to fucking drench my face with his baby. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, that's NBC the real stinger. For that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So then at the diner, the gays have spotted him. There's a couple of gays oh. at the bar and they see him and they're like looking and then they like walk over and he's like, wait, what is this? And then he noticed New York Post has picked it up. Um, And he reads from the article. From the NYU, it's now in the New York Post. The comedian and his longtime companions seem to be inseparable. Dun, dun, dun. I was outed, and I wasn't even in. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Which is and great. both of their parents are dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's, it's at this point in my notes that I wrote, like, come on, this reporter is a fiend. I know. Oh, God. And, and it, it bothered me when, when uh, Kramer, like, literally, like, falls through the fridge or like the fridge when they're <laughs> yeah. like that's what you are and he's like Bruh! i did really like when he when he busts in and he says i thought we were friends like I, the delivery that was really funny but then as soon as kramer's like well obviously you're thin and and neat and then yeah kramer jerry's like so are you although kramer isn't really neat but he is thin and single and he sure. just he does he falls through the fridge like michael richard's just full like like he's been zapped with a taser or something <laughs> yeah like it's just... that, that 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 like was that's that's what people think is funny you know yeah. what i mean but just, that's that's what people think is funny but it, it was just it just it bristled me of like god damn it like yeah. the, the the world has agreed that it is hilarious to be potentially convicted of such a crime yeah. <laughs> uh... damn it and then they get a phone call and because jerry's mom is called george answers and that is when George freaks out because he realizes his mother has probably read this. He screams mm -hmm. my mother and he runs. Uh, then we get the, the little conversation with Jerry's parents and his dad is in the background screaming like, it's those damn culottes you bought him. Yes. This is how I learned what culottes were all those years ago. <laughs> oh, I knew about culottes, honey. <laughs> Have you gotten, uh, into, yeah. gotten into the culottes? Oh, my mom was a real queen. My mom taught me what an empire-waisted dress was when oh, I was, wow. like, six. Oh, wow. I like so, that. Yeah, she's a queen. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, yeah, classic tropes. And then uh, fucking uh, his, the other mom is in the hospital. <laughs> she's falling off the toilet. So, like, this is a callback to the, I think it's the season three episode of the contest, uh, where they all agree to not, because... George's mom comes home and finds him in the bathroom masturbating to a copy of, I think, like, Red Book or something. Uh -huh, <laughs> and then uh -huh. she, like, slips and falls and, like, she's in the hospital. And then George is tempted in that episode by two women behind the curtain giving a sponge bath. And they did that I to... I see. And they did that to Mirror in this one because he's in there and Scott comes in to give a sponge bath to the man next door. See, I see. Yeah. I didn't recall that episode and I was like, huh, this seems a little strange. <laughs> yeah, that's extreme. She's fully in the hospital now. But so like there was another episode, I think earlier in the run called, I think, The Masseuse, where George goes and he thinks he's going to get a massage from a man, from a woman. And it's a man. I remember this. And then he freaks out. He comes back and he's like, it moved. 
And they were like, what? He's like, <laughs> I remember my this. penis. Like, he didn't say my penis because he couldn't on TV. But, right. And it so, moved. But it moved. And this is where I started going on this fantasy of like, what if this was George's coming out episode? Like, we've right. already had the one episode. Now they have two. And he doesn't look not turned on by the two men getting splashed back. No, he's not. He's certainly not not turned on. Yeah, he, you know? He's looking. And I was just like. I would have liked to, like how, I mean, spoiler for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, how they actually made Matt, they actually had Matt come out, and now he is gay, gay on the show for like two seasons now, right. and is going through like gay storylines, and is doing all the, like, I would have been like, man, it would have been cool. I would have liked to have had George Costanza cool. on my side, on my side as well, a trash uh, king of gays. Yeah. <laughs> No matter what, I you know that would that would have been amazing. It would have been impossible to do. A hundred percent, never would have happened. Impossible, it never would have happened. Never, never, never. Because it reminds me of when on Queers Folk, when I don't remember the characters' names, but they they basically, for lack of a better, uh, for an accurate name, the Shoshana of Queers Folk. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, I guess I'll say the Charlotte. Uh, the Charlotte of Queers Folk like joins a cult. <laughs> And like a major, that was that was a real jump the shark moment. Uh, he he like joins, he like stays in the cult and becomes a, a major like season arc. And it's just like guys, guys, literally, it would have been better if you said if the character literally said, "I'm gonna leave the show now." They don't have any more stories for me. <laughs> not, not the cult. They drew it out of a fishbowl. You're in a cult. Sure. <laughs> truly. truly. Uh, this is the point where back at the diner, a military man comes up to Jerry and he says, like, thank you so much for your inspiration. I came out and was discharged because of you, but it was worth it. Like such an inspiration. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's kind of the same thing about the beginning of like when with the George thing of like, really, this guy you came out? Yeah, discharged because of Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah. that big of a stand-up. I don't know. Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, also, once again, that that guy read that that article, and that was the breaking point. It wasn't like George Michael's story. No. It wasn't Rock Hudson's battle with yeah. AIDS. It was this article about this guy who was writing an NBC pilot. Which oh, I, I still hate when we talk when they talk about writing an did, NBC yeah. pilot. I hate it. It it, it freaks me out. <laughs> it's a, oh, that NBC is the most meta show. thing the show ever did, actually, because that's yeah. a whole season long arc where they are making this show within a show. It's truly that. wild. There's this moment. So like Jerry then says he's not going to go to the he's not going to go to the Broadway because of the gays. Um, he doesn't want to be mm-hmm. seen that way. Uh, George starts freaking out because he's like, what the hell? Like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm going to be loud. Yeah. And then the like the diner, the cook comes over and tells the boys to like, hey, can you boys calm down? And then the camera does it kind of zoom in on his earring. Yeah, I was completely I confused about this. It was, I was like, what? Yeah, it was his. And I was like, oh, is it his right ear? Because right ear is coded as gay. Like it's like a gay signal. But it was his left ear. I I, I couldn't tell if they were telling us, look, he's he he's telling them as one of them to not make a scene as a queer. person. Yeah. And but it's just like. I, it, it was it was very confusing. I, it was I, confusing, and you could tell they you could tell there was 
there was a a more concrete version that they decided to water down because who knows what the uh i don't know this might be edited for syndication version maybe there's a longer scene somewhere um so then this is where george realizes oh wait a second everyone's reading this article that means this girl that i've been trying to dump needs to read this article i love (laughs) she's like oh he he goes and it the smash cut to her reading it and then just looking at him going yeah so (laughs) (laughs) what is wrong with her she doesn't get it she's like she's like oh no it's nice they mentioned you (laughs) she's insane i love i love that i I love that scream i'm gay and she's like you are i loved him saying i'm steeped in gayness (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which really makes me wish that George Costanza actually was steeped in gayness because a gay lead of a sitcom that says things like I'm steeped in gayness would, have, would be <laughs> a real it. joy. And it would be a joy to have a, a gay icon uh, like George, who's just, uh, you know, <laughs> not the typical nineties man, because as yeah. we saw from the gay walk on in this episode, yeah, that's what we think of. We think of a, visually stunning Just, billboard man yeah like as gay mar like a marlboro marlboro disco cowboy basically uh, so yes. this, this is where the straights are totally wild because the next scene is back up at the apartment and jerry is hooking up with the college student uh-huh. <laughs> he is oh, hooking God. up with the nyu journalist because and and she's like oh i'm so glad you know i, I did find you attractive and I was just like, I forgot this part of the episode. And I was just like, it, it, it's kooky. He's a solid at most, at least like 16 years older than her, 17 years yeah. older than her. Yeah. And it also just like power. Di- like, it's a rough, it's, a it's rough. weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. But it is. It's like, and it's also just so funny. That's like. Wow, that kiss proved it. (laughs) You cannot be gay because it is not a spectrum of complicated expression. Yep, and also bisexuality, definitely not a thing. (laughs) Oh, 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 I mean, just ask (laughs) sex in the city. No one believed in bisexuality at this time. So that is when, like, George brings his uh, girlfriend, his sweet, dim girlfriend, over to prove it. Like, Jerry's going to tell you. He's going to set the record straight. And they bust in. And then George has to feign offense and shock of, like, Jerry, you're cheating on me. (laughs) And and then it becomes this, like, connection of Three's Company. Like This scene is great. Uh, this yeah. scene is great. Yeah. Keep it, keep it. Like all the microaggressions of homophobia are worth it to get this scene because it is like, like I said, it's, it's I love Lucy. It's yeah. camp. It's, it it's, is very it's camp because George keeps trying to touch Jerry and like hold his hands and stuff. And Jerry's like, "What are you doing? I am essentially I'm trying to hook up with this child." And I, I this she's an adult. She's a woman. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, thankfully, casting age is ridiculously high. Also, she looks like she's thirty. I did not really buy her as a, I don't know, 18 to 21 year old. So I don't know. Totally. Uh, And then I do like that um, George is like, well, you know what? My secrets actually is that my name is Buck Naked. I'm a porno actor. And then she's like, ooh, she's totally into it. She's totally into it. (laughs) She is great. perfect. Where is our show? Uh, And this is also the moment where we get Kramer then, while the melee, like while this insanity is going on, Kramer then comes in with a man pokes his head in mm-hmm. the man is there and he he looks oh. yeah he just looks like the a gay 1970s disco stereotype in like 90s clothes right. like he's just like thin muscular he looks dark like hair 
Like if Gaston um, mm-hmm. discovered, um, what's that thing where you have to wait 12 hours to eat? Oh. You can only eat like for four hours a day. Oh, is that a do it? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's one of them. I was thinking anyway, it was like one of those like cleanse diets or whatever. And he's just yeah, like it's, shitting all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's press juicery Gaston. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and then like they go into his apartment and the Kramer has to pop it in and be like, he's the phone man. Uh-huh. And it's uh-huh. like the phone man makes house calls at night. It would have been okay. cool. If you're going to make any cast member sexually adventurous and bisexual, it would be Kramer. Kramer should be like, yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm experimenting. But again, it's 1993. Can't do it. Can't if do Kramer it. was Pan, that would be so that cool. That would make t- so much sense. Ugh. It would be so cool. Yeah. It would be so cool if he was like patient zero for like super crabs yeah it would be a great story arc for him <laughs> oh, Why boy. Not? so yeah. then the, the end of it is jerry doing stand-up of like the stereotype of gay men being thin and clean and neat and all that and he's like there must be fat sloppy married gays that are discriminated mm-hmm. in the community and it's like yeah oh yeah yeah oh, cool yeah. man this is accurate <laughs> this, is this is accurate 27 years ago and it is speaking the truth <laughs> We are. We all are. We all hate our bodies, um, <laughs> even though they're perfectly uh, functional, uh, uh, like uh, just things. Uh, yeah. It's it's a real problem of privilege. But I still I can't shake it, Brad. I'm telling you, I have. I all the time go back and forth between I love my body and like a, a wind rolls through, and I'm like, you're fucking trash unless yeah. you're Aussie bum model. Yeah. Um, oh God. Well, as a as a purveyor and connoisseur of speedos, I do see way too many of those. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I I want more body diversity in those advertisements. I do Damn too. It. Um, hire me as and a model. Give great. me gigs. Give me gigs. You look, you look great. <laughs> you really look great in a speedo. And I want to say I admire you for for just uh, being like not being afraid to share it. Because every time I see you in one, I'm I I immediately I'm like yes. He looks awesome in that. <laughs> Why you. would I judge myself so harshly? Like, it's not fair. It's not nice to me. Well, you also, you get to experience the art and joy of drag, which is another relationship with a body that, like, you get to uh, perform and, like, put on an armor in a way. I, it's uh-huh. such a cool, uh, it's such a cool art form and, like, t- type of expression and way to, like, work through shit and also, like, help others work through shit is why drag is important damn it it is important and i'm uh, <laughs> as much as we're inundated i'm excited for uh the drag train of summer to continue keeping on what else do i have to do i need all stars Nothing. Five. i need drag race canada i need um t- give me drag yeah. in season two give me another more give me more we're here give me literally all of it um all of it oh legendary legendary's on legendary HBO Max, HBO honey. Max. very good very killer very good I, that i so I was invited to cover, like, to cover it, to do a set visit, mm-hmm. and it didn't pan out. And then I watched the show, and I was just like, I don't think I could have handled this set visit. This is very <laughs> intense. This is, like, like all these people, like, they are, like, uh, they're on another level. I, I would, it's, in, it's amazing. I, I was like, it'd be like Dobie Gillis goes to the ball. <laughs> like, it's just <sighs> like, I am. <laughs> like, the beef goes Holy to a nightclub. <laughs> like, I'm it's just like, like, <laughs> like Reba McIntyre goes yeah. to the Eyes Wide Shut party. Yeah, that is uh, like, I was like, I would, they would be like, you're going to stand at the very back. No one is, you're not going to be caught on camera. You are. 
<laughs> I love it. No, I, I, they need you. They need you. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I'm excited to see more. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. More of it. Are you ready for some must-have facts about this episode of Seinfeldia? You know it. Hey, uh- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, so 28 million people watched this episode of television. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 28 uh, million when people. It aired? Yeah. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Holy and fucking shit. It was the number eight most watched show of the week. Number eight. Holy the- <laughs> fucking. So, the numbers are just yeah. a, a different world than what they are right now. The top five shows, and there's some uh, gags and goops in this one. Number five <laughs> is Roseanne. Number four is 60 Minutes. Number three is part one of a two-part miniseries called Queen... Uh, which starred Halle Berry as it was set in like plantation times. And she was the mixed race daughter of a slave and a plantation owner. And it was like this character's life story. And Halle Berry played it. Number three, most watched show that week. Uh, Number two, home improvement. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Number one was, Oh, can I guess? Is it family matters? No. Okay. Number one is the, Oprah Winfrey special where she interviewed Michael Jackson. Wow. At Neverland I mean, yeah. Ranch to address wow. the child molestation allegations. Holy which shit. I remember that in vivid detail when that happened. I kind of remember it. I just remember, I mean, my family at the time was so pro MJ that they were like, oh, yeah. these are lies. Yeah. I remember, you know? I remember that my mom, I like, I wanted to watch it. And my mom, I feel like she, videotaped it because i love michael jackson so much and i was like here's an interview with michael jackson <laughs> and then i watched yeah. it and then i remember i i i don't i think i blacked out after that like i don't know what i watched that's yeah. a fucked up episode of television to watch when you are uh, oh god nine years old i think i was eight or nine um so it's wild uh, the NBC Thursday night lineup at this time, which is truly a testament to how dire things were before, like, the Friends, Frasier, Will and Grace, like, renaissance that is right around the corner. Like, right around the corner. Uh, the night started off with a rerun of Cheers. <laughs> That's how they started their Thursday night lineup all season long was rerun of Cheers, followed by Wings. <laughs> Wings, the new episode of Cheers, then Seinfeld, and then L.A. Law. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, 
Just like that's LA law. I like I remember that being pop, but I I don't know what the fuck that is now. Yeah, but I remember that being very like popular. Lawyers, probably lawyers, fucking like lawyers and you know having sex and drama. Um, a truly wild fact is the night that they shot this episode, uh, Estelle Harris, who plays George Costanza's mother, was not available for the shoot that night. So in order to get the laughs they needed to like record and then add into editing. They brought in Fran Drescher to stand in as George's mom, and she played the scene. And that is available to watch on YouTube. You can find it. Whoa, I want to see that. And she just comes in, she does all the lines, and it's Fran Drescher. She's great. And then they did, they didn't, they then did pickups like a little bit later to get her and to re edit her in there. Wow. I want to see that. That's Um, fucking crazy. And that also, I mean, that also makes me think. I wish there was a version of Seinfeld without without the laugh tracks. That would be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? Why yeah. not? Someone need it. it. Someone can edit that. Someone can edit that. Yeah, I, I think that, that, that should come. Um, okay. Leah Remini auditioned to play the journalist. Oh, what a gem! I would have been into that. I love I love those '90s sitcoms where Leah Remini pops up, and you're like, you no one knows how big of a deal you're going to be. You're going to take down Scientology. I mean, she has an amazing story. Her audiobook about uh, in in her Scientology book is amazing. Have you heard the audio? No, oh God, I got to get into that. I haven't read the book. I need to definitely get into the audio book. Oh, I love the Scientology the story because you just get to hang out with Leah uh, Remini for a couple hours, and everything she says is funny. She's perfect. I fucking love Leah Remini. Is she um, the best drag race yeah. guest judge? Like, I don't understand why they don't have her on once a season. Like, she should be yeah, on I once think... an episode every season. She's iconic when she when she like is like fighting with Michelle and they're yeah. like, why did you like this? And she's like, I, I actually didn't like this. Yeah, it's so good. And it's like she's the only person that will just like go toe to toe with Michelle and then be like, I'm doing this for no reason. <laughs> so she's so yes, yes. And that's, nothing is cooler than like calling yourself out on fighting yeah. a, a battle you don't believe in. It's just like so the funny. Jersey Titans just clashing. Um, well, she talks about auditioning for Friends, of course. Oh, right. And she talks about auditioning for the part of Monica, seeing Courtney Cox, and knowing she was uh, fucked. She was she, like, look at this fucking stunner. I'm fucked. She gets a standout role in season one of Friends in the birth episode where she plays right. just like another, like a woman that's in a scene with Joey. One episode, it's like, she's great. You understand they love why her. She, ugh. Uh, this episode won the 1994 Glad Award for Outstanding Comedy Episode. Wow. Okay. So, you know, yeah, hey. You know. <laughs> Bonafides. Wow. I mean, you know, they, 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 you know they, uh, for the time it was, maybe they deserve points. And I still find myself laughing at it. And even at the, yes. the homophobic parts are, like we said, pretty lighthearted and cute. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're toxically masculine, but they're pretty cute. Yeah, and we'll say, like, Jerry and George do come across as buffoons. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. like, they do heighten their, not that there's anything wrong with that to such a point. Like, the last time George says it, his head is literally in his hands. Like, he's so tired and just right. like, oh, my God. It's it's pretty right. Um, on, it's, it's pretty cute. On IMDb, 3,215 users rated this episode a 9.4 out of 10. Would you go higher or lower? Or is 9. that 9.4 out of 10. I would go, I would, uh, I'd go, I'd give it a nine, Diva. I think nine, I'd give it a nine. Yeah, 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 we can pump the brakes just a tad bit, but yeah, I think nine is Just a little, calm down. I don't think it's one of my ten best Seinfeld episodes, which is a list that I have made, Um, but it is a good one. Um, Yeah. Who has the must-see performance in this episode? Oh. (laughs) You know, 
you you think it's the girl. You think I, it's the I date. I think I was going to say um, Elaine, but now I'm giving it to that Allison, that crazy, that George's crazy girlfriend. I'm torn because I think George is excellent in it. <clears throat> and I even laughed at his toxically masculine and somewhat creepy moment. Like even the moment where he's creepy and he's like, I will have sex with you. Yes. Right now. Yet. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at that. Yeah, he's uh, great. Because like you said, the joke is on him being a doink. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll give it to George. Cool. So, yeah. And I definitely give it to that kooky, kooky weirdo. I love me a good, uh, one episode weirdo. Um, and lastly, must other people see this episode of television? Would this be a good first episode of Seinfeld? Um, I think it's a great episode. I don't know if I would say first, but I mean, first. I would put it in. And there's so many good episodes, but I'd put it in the top 25. Yeah, it's like the Alyssa Edwards of <laughs> the break. <laughs> Sorry. I don't get cute. I get drop dead gorgeous. She is okay? great. She is great. She is great. <laughs> Uh, I just I'll, want you to know you're crazy. Everything <laughs> I do, I I totally I love her. I don't do I own I don't own any Alyssa merchandise. Um, I want you to revisit your placement of where she is <laughs> because she is everything. <laughs> I I live honestly. Maybe I should. I forgot to include her work in Secret Celebrity Drag Race, which was exemplary. It so maybe was I, excellent. Uh, and I love how she showed up on the runway just to remind the judges who they didn't crown. God, that is true. Cause like her look that I can't remember what it was, but I remember seeing it and just being like my brain exploded. It was this pink pleather mullet dress with like a giant ass (laughs) bow. Yeah. I, I was, I, yeah, I do. God, I did love that. Okay. 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 Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. I'll revisit. I'll revisit. (sighs) She can be a good, she can be a good 10. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I just have such an affinity for Trinity. Affinity for Trinity. Yeah. What the fuck? That should be her uh, her line. Um, Trinity's great. I'm not uh, going to deny it. Um, awesome. So where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about Seinfeld and also Drag Race? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mono Gapian. Um, and you can listen to my Drag Race podcast, as you so kindly mentioned, Drag Her. You can listen to We Love Trash, which is uh, a Patreon podcast with me and Betsy Sodaro. Ooh, what's and, something y'all have eaten recently? Ooh, let's see. We've been watching a lot of trash lately. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I mean, like, we, we watched this movie called Ninja 3, The Domination, <laughs> which is this, like, it's, like, from the 80s, the canon. You know the canon? Oh, canon. oh yeah, I love me some canon. Yeah, it's that, that, that film era, and it's incredibly special. Oh. Uh, make fun of all the reality dating shows i have a podcast oh, i need to listen to too hot you're too hot to handle yes yes uh, yes yeah and join us and best of all i'm I have very happy to say we're donating every penny of uh our june patronage to three amazing uh charities black lives matter the yes. black voices co collective and oh and um um uh the bailout fund yes. uh for black mamas yes good 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 awesome so, yeah come come blow off a little bit of steam and also do something to help us oh. out of this unfortunate moment in yeah. history take a break and then get back in the fight that's what we're yes. we're, we're here for the break part 
We'll see you at the yes. fun part. Um, yeah, and yes. that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks to again to my guest Mono Agapi and for dropping by and talking about Seinfeld with me. Next time I'll be discussing a gay episode of uh, another sitcom for Pride Month that I haven't picked yet. And you'll just have to hang out here to find out what it is. Until then, Ooh. I want to hear from all of you. Follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. Let's talk about sitcoms and etc. Uh, and I will also be uh, streaming uh, classic black sitcoms on my Instagram. I did it with Family Matters and uh, with links to um, charities and things that you can check out and donate to, etc. Because... Uh, God damn it, Black Lives Matter and black people have been a part of sitcoms and have given us the best goddamn shows. Fresh Prince is fucking streaming on an HBO Max. I am cursing a lot because it is absolute, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, everything is bullshit except for the art that yeah. people have given us. Um, and I'm trying, <laughs> trying to help. I don't know. Uh, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Follow yes. me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that I write at decider.com. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to y'all for listening. And I will see Woo. you next time on Must FC TV. Yes. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.